Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. This is the Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, Pop Art Painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I sure I'm glad you did. Very, very cool. Um, hey, and letting everyone know right off the bat as we start, tonight's our first, uh, we're doing the online chat room on our show page. So if you're over on our show page right now um, and you have a question for our guest tonight, you can do it in the chat. How cool is that? Technology, man. Everybody else is doing video, and we're doing a chat room. Well, you know, what can I tell you? What can I tell you, folks? I have a perfect face for radio, not one for video. Um, So there you go, you know. Hey, I'm excited, though. We are starting the week off right. I hope everybody had a very safe and fun uh, Halloween and all that. And um, you weren't stingy with the candy, I hope. And uh, all the kids had a good time. And um, we certainly did. We have a big fire pit and we had family over and do a big bonfire and whatnot. Um, it's always a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, very, very cool. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking with the writer, director, producer. Um, I just saw on here uh, when I was looking at the IMDb page and I don't know why it's not on our, our, our graphics, but it will be um, Mr. Gary Jones. He has a new movie that drops November 2nd, tomorrow, tomorrow. Uh, it'll be on demand. Um, Escape from Deathlock 13. Gary, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. No, anytime, man. Anytime. You are, number one, you've been involved with some of the coolest films, in my opinion, um, that that I've seen. I I saw Mosquito years ago. Um, A friend had a copy that we went over to... He was always one of these guys that always played strange movies, and this was one of the best creature movies I've seen. I, I, it reminded me of when I was a kid. I, I loved it. And Escape from Death Block 13 reminds me. Uh, it's a, definitely a nod to uh, the action action films that I used to watch with my father when I was a kid. I loved it. Yeah. And, uh, and he worked on Xena. How cool is that? Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, the, early in my career, I, you know, I did my uh, my first movie. You know, you're always trying to figure out how to break in the business, right? And you're like, okay, you got to make something and get noticed, you know. And um, you know, I saw The Evil Dead. You know, Sam Raimi did Evil Dead, and, and the various guys, and Toby Hooper did Chainsaw. So I was always like, I gotta, I gotta make a mark, you know. You got to get noticed. And um, yeah, I just came up with this idea for, you know, me and my buddies are, at, you know, working on the assembly line and talking about ideas and all of a sudden skeeters giant you know skeeters came up and like wait a minute skeeters giant mosquitoes right and i thought damn you know i i love the movie them you know the the 50s you know giant mm-hmm. ant movie and of course you know anytime there was a creature or a monster that was big i was there i saw every one of them so i thought damn nobody's done mosquitoes you know so that really was like that's the way in i'll do a giant six-foot mosquito and uh so yeah, that really? was that was the uh, the entrance, you know, make something that's so audacious and out there, 
that people can't turn away. They have to look. It's like a oh, car accident, yeah. right? They, you drive by, but you got to look. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I remember being a kid, and Saturday morning, we had Saturday morning cleaning up in our house. My father was a uh, ex-Marine, and, and he's very regimented. He, um, so we didn't really get a chance as kids to, to watch. All my friends would watch Saturday morning cartoons. Um, but we, got, we would hustle and get the house picked up and whatnot. And then it was we had to do yard work. So we really hustled to get the yard done so we could go in because we're, I, I grew up in Metro Detroit and um, the, uh, they had a creep, they had Saturday creature features and it was all those, like, like you mentioned, them and, and, you know, all the crazy uh, 1950s mm-hmm. radioactive things right. that got really big. And um, yeah, and I just like, when I saw this, you know, years ago, I was just like, that is a cool, why did, a lot of films you have made and, and work you have done, I think a lot of people go, why didn't I think of that? That is brilliant. Now, you're from Ohio, right? Actually, I'm from Michigan. I grew up in uh, Michigan. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Th- start, started my career there, and, and Mosquito was made there. It's a uh, Michigan Mosquito movie. And um, I have that's no idea. Where I, I, yeah, that's where I started. Uh, and I actually started out doing, you know, early on doing special effects, makeup effects, miniatures, pyrotechnics. And that was my break. I started cool. getting in commercials. I got commercial work out of that. Through that, I met, you know, uh, different filmmakers, and I ended up getting on Sam Raimi's second movie. And, you know, that's how I met up with Raimi and the guys, you know, was through uh, doing special effects. And they hired oh, yeah. me to do special effects for them, and that was sort of my entry. That is fantastic. Um, that is fantastic. A Michigan guy. I had no idea. I had, well, You mentioned the assembly line. And the reason I said Ohio was I know this um, – Escape from Cell Block, uh, or Death Block, I'm sorry, 13, um, was shot at the big, that big haunted prison in Ohio. I can't remember the name of it. Shawshank Redemption Prison. Um, yeah, my yeah the, actually, it. it's the Ohio State, Ohio State Reformatory, and they do, yeah, they have yeah. one of the best haunts. Every year they do one of the best haunts in the country there. I mean, it's just fantastic. And um, I actually live about 20 minutes from that, so I drive by it all the time, and I was always like, man, you know, and... <laughs> Of course, we, we love the Shawshank Redemption, you know, and all the movies. But oh, I thought, yeah. hey, I got to do a prison escape movie. I, I got this prisoner. I should do a prison escape movie. And, you know, that was kind yeah, of the absolutely. genesis was like the prison's there. And I knew the people that run it and did work with them. So I'm like, I got a way in, you know. So that that was nice. really it. And then, you know, going back to the, you know, the classic movies that I loved, you know. And, of course, Breakout with Charles Bronson and uh, a recent oh, yeah. movie that was a big a recent movie that was a big influence was uh, uh, Craig Zeller's um, Brawl in Cell Block 99 with Vince Vaughn. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I saw that, and I went, that dude is doing what I want to do. He's doing those throwbacks to the great, you know, the glorious 70s and early mm-hmm. 80s, you know, and that that's what I loved. And so I saw that, and I'm like, I got to do my prison movie. You know, I got it's time to do it. So that was my uh, was kind of inspiration for this one. But, but yeah, I, ca- I came out of special effects. And then I worked with uh, Sam Raimi and the guys doing Evil Dead movie stuff and effects. And then uh, I made my first movie, Mosquito, and I sent it to them. I sent them a VHS copy of the tape and a poster. <laughs> and kind right. of out of that, they were like, well, hey, we're doing, uh, we're doing Hercules, and we're, we're starting this new show called Xena. And I got the offer to direct on that. And I went down to New Zealand for a year and a half and directed Xena. So that was my uh, 
Yeah. So I went from my first feature, which is a giant mosquito movie, right into doing TV work on being a warrior princess. So it was really, uh, it worked, right? It, 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 it opened the door I needed to open, and it got people to look at me other than just an effects guy. You know, oh, he's a, he's a filmmaker now, too. So. Right, right, right. Well, you know, I am not in the movie business. I'm a painter by trade. I paint pictures of people and stuff, and I've been doing that for a long time, a couple, 20, 70 years or something. But since I started doing the show, um, well, really, I went to college, grew up in Detroit, went to college in Boston, and then I wanted something complete. I said, I'm tired of snow, and I moved to Southern California. (laughs) And everybody up until that point that I hung out with, if I went to a party, it was some band's party. It was all musicians that I knew. Right. When I moved to California, it was all movie people that I met. And, um, <laughs> you know, in the, in the days before crowdfunding and what, every weekend, man, I was donating a painting um, at these fundraising parties and whatnot to, uh, you know, so my friend could get some money to, you know, shoot another day or something. And um, went to a lot of, did those, a lot of those. But, the interesting thing is hanging out with these people, you kind of pick stuff up and whatnot. I have heard yeah. television is hard to work, uh, to move from movies to TV because it's a little more constricting from what I've heard. It could mm-hmm. just be the people I, that were telling me that. I don't know. Uh, I've never been in that, that, that business. Um, did you find that to be the case, uh, that, that TV was way different than, you know, making movies? Well, you know, what was interesting was because, uh, you know, when I did my first movie, Mosquito, I had been on movie sets, right, as doing an effects guy. Mm. So I bet I was an observer. And so I thought I knew the whole process. But the first day on Mosquito, I walked in the set and went, holy shit, you know, I got 60 people here. They're all looking at me. And if, if, if I'm not leading, it just falls apart. So I realized very quickly mm. on, even if you didn't have an idea what you were going to do, you needed to have an idea. You know, so the train can keep going. And so I learned how to really make a movie doing my first movie. I mean, you know, I knew the basics, but until you're in it and you watch the clock tick down and you go, hey, wait a minute. I only have two more hours today and I'm supposed to have all this work done. So the movie thing was, you know, was a real challenge to learn. But when I moved into television right after that movie, they were like, okay, we're doing an episode in one week. And I learned like the ground rules of like, you got it done. And TV really taught me uh, making decisions and sticking with your decisions. You know, like have a plan, stick with it, because you don't have time to change it later. Now, if you have a problem and it doesn't work, you better figure out a quick solution. So I learned really quickly in television to, look, like I'd look at a scene, you know, when I was doing Mosquito, I, I wrote the mm. script, you know, with my partner. So I did storyboards, you know, and I've got 15, 25, 30 shots to do for one little little bit of film, right? Well, what you don't realize is to set up a shot can take anywhere from five minutes to 20 minutes. Well, you got an hour, right? You can do two setups if you're doing 20 minutes. You're not going to get 30. So on Mosquito, I was constantly trying to catch up, right, to get – my cool shots. Well, when I got to TV, it was like, you have this much time. So I, I got real smart about looking at the script. What's the most important thing in this theme the audience needs to know? And I would always plan and shoot that first, because if you didn't get anything else, you had to get that one line of dialogue or you had to get Zena had to turn around and say, you know, 
um, not today or, you know, uh, you right. know the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the ram is outside or whatever it was that you wanted to tell the audience. You had to get it done because in TV, you don't go back. So what TV taught me was right. make hard decisions, make a plan, simplify it, get as simply as, as you can. And then if you've got more time, you can embellish. And don't plan big, gigantic shots that, take, that are, that are going to be on screen for 13 to 25 seconds because they're not going to be. They're going to get cut down to four mm. seconds. So I learned, like, if you're going to do a master shot, and it, you better put a whole lot of information in it so it plays. It gives the audience enough right. stuff. Like, if it's on for t- 20 seconds, it better tell a story to the audience and need to be there. So TV taught me that to, like, streamline cut to the chase, get to the point and get there as, you know, as cool as you can and, and don't waste time. Like, you know, don't shoot stuff you're never going to use. So it was a really good training ground. So I went from my first feature figuring out how to make a movie to figuring out how to do it efficiently. And then when I went on after that, everything else made more sense. And I just, it really, my learning curve went, you know, in two years time was like eight years anywhere else. You know, so that's nice. That really that's helped. awesome. That really helped me. That's like getting a doctorate in filmmaking. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but you know, you know, the, you know the, the one of the interesting things I found out was because you know I was doing second unit on Xena for a, a lot of you know for the first season, so all the main unit directors would come in, and they'd plan their schedule, and I'd go meet them on their first day there, and they'd hand me off all the stuff I had to shoot, all the action stuff and the inserts and all that, and uh, right. these directors I would meet would always ask me, like, well, you made that Mosquito movie, a feature. Wow, I'd really like to do a feature. And I'd always say to them, like, well, how come you're not doing features? And they're like, are you kidding? Right. I, make, I make this much money doing TV, and if I leave to go do a feature, somebody else is going to get my spot, and I may not get the next season of this show. And I realized, right. I was like, wow, when they're working in TV and they're making really good money every month, you buy a big house, you got three cars, oh, all yeah. of a sudden you've got to make you got to make x amount a week. Now, are you going to give that up for 4 or 5 months to do a feature film where you're basically paying yourself nothing and then come back and expect the producers to pick you up on that show again? So a lot of the guys were like they're like, "Wow, they respected the fact that I just want I I did these independent films, you know." But that's how I started. Mm, that's amazing. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www. Dot J-A-M-I-E-R-O-X-X dot U-S. This is a message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Older adults and people of any age who have serious underlying medical conditions are at higher risk for severe illness from COVID-19. If you are at higher risk, you should stay home as much as possible and avoid close contact with people who are sick to protect yourself. Call your doctor if you have concerns about COVID-19 and your medical condition, or if you get sick. For more information, visit cdc.gov.
Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store. It's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember... T-O-S-O-T-S dot com. Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, the quotable Edison, quotable Henry Ford, uh, quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and, of course, the quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very, very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes & Noble all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A. L-B-I-O-N.com. MichelleAubion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out, folks. That happened during the uh, the lockdown, too. I, I know all kinds of people. And, and a big group of people I know that I'm friends with are these uh, – they're in the DJ world. They DJ mm-hmm. these big clubs. They make a ton of money. And what happened is a lot of these guys um, that I knew – unfortunately, did that exact thing. They they got mortgages and houses, you know, real nice yeah. cars. And, and then yeah. Yeah. The, the thing happened and all that, that income was gone, but the bills yeah. were still there, you know. And, uh, oh, yeah. and none of these, and, you know, nobody yeah. at 22 has a, or 25 has a savings account, or, or they might have it, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, it's like that thing like like your parents always said, like my parents told me, um, hey, when you make a dollar, put 10 cents away out of every dollar you right. make. And when you're, you know, when you're in your 30s and 40s, you know, and you have a lean time, you'll have the money. Well, of course, I never did it. And then I did exactly that. You know, I'm working. Uh, I'm on the Xena show. I'm doing TV shows. I, I moved back to California from New Zealand. I'm on a big ABC TV show. I get hired. I'm like, I'm in, right? I got a I got an office on the Universal lot. I got a sticker on my car, my parking space. I'm making a ton Living of money a week. Living the dream. And I sign a contract that looks like it's going to go on for five or six months. 
uh, well, the show airs and it and it tanks. So two episodes, three episodes in, they're like, uh, we're not carrying your contract. So within six weeks, mm-hmm. of course, after after I bought the big car, after I spent money over here and there and there, all of a sudden the job goes away. I'm like, I'm out of work for six months. And then I went, hmm, had I saved 10 cents when my ma told me that, I'd have <laughs> – Thirty-eight or $40,000 right now as a cushion, which I didn't have, of course. Yeah, you know? to come so, through. But, no, it's, it's live and learn. You know, it's that's life, it's right? Crazy. You gotta it's crazy. you got to figure it out. I tell you, another thing that I realized, I did the Southern California thing, I don't know, eight, almost 10 years. And one day I just had an epiphany. And I've talked to a lot of people that live in California, and it's like the same thing happened to me. And I'm like, man, the nun I'm, I'm spending every month, I could live like a king in, in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee or someplace, you know? Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm out of here. You know, within the market crash in 2008, I had a gallery and all this kind of stuff and all this overhead. I'm not saying that because it was cool things I had. I had, and, and you know, Gary, you know how this works. <laughs> all that stuff you have, you got to pay for. You know, it, yeah. It just the the meter's running constantly, and uh, my hair started getting thinner. I was like, oh man! <laughs> so I moved. It was funny. I I wound up visiting a friend of mine in, in South Florida, where I'm at now. It, it, of course, met a girl, fell in, you know, and here I am yeah. living in an area where I'm probably spending the same amount I was spending in California. So it was just, but it's better now because I got the house and the girl and everything. But, <laughs> Um, I don't have everybody looking at me going, we have bills we got to pay, so we need that check. Um, you know, yeah, that's, yeah. that's tough to do. Now, making a film, one of the things I, I love, Death Block 13, Escape from Death Block 13. This is a fantastic film. Cool. Like I said, me and my father used to, you know, we, we would watch these these action. That was our thing, man. We, we, we loved it. I yeah. grew up in a house full of girls, and they weren't really into him, but we were into him. Um, and uh, I, you know, he showed me all the classics, yeah, you know, Guns and Navarone, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, that's cool, yep. but I need gang members and Charles Bronson putting nails on a windowsill. You know, come on, man. And uh, <laughs> although he was pretty good in the Dirty Dozen too, uh, yeah, yeah I, I loved him. In this film, you captured that lightning I felt. Now. I don't want to give anything away because I want everybody to see this. It drops on, on demand tomorrow, as I understand. Right. Um, right. I definitely want people to see it. But, I mean, you had to have been a fan of those films as well. Well, you know, you know it's interesting. You, you, brought up, you brought up absolutely everything. Um, you kind of just you said what I was actually going to say because, you know, I grew up watching these movies, you know, in the 70s. We'd get the thing back in the day, people don't know, but back in the day, you'd get a newspaper. And on, on Sunday, you'd get the comics and that, but you'd get a little TV guide. Well, I'd grab that TV right. guide on Sunday, and I'd memorize all the action movies. And then at dinner, mm-hmm. Monday night, Tuesday night, my dad would go, so, Gary, what's on this week? And i go, okay, Dad, Guns and Averone's on Wednesday. Uh, Bridge on the River Kwai is at 11 o'clock on Thursday or, or 11 p.m., and um, you know, and I'd list the movies, and we'd make our we'd make our watch schedule based on that. So, and, and people don't understand too is back then, if the Guns of Navarone was on or the Dirty Dozen, it was on once. 
right? You'd have to wait right. a year, sometimes two, yeah. to see it again because they didn't. We didn't well, have the like HBO where you know, time. right? Yeah. So oh, it was an event. You missed it. It was a real yeah. event, and that's that's what we do. And I remember um, Bridge on the River Kwai is on at midnight, right? Well, we got school the next day, or eleven o'clock, so we couldn't stay up. But my dad, you know, I asked my dad, you know. I want to see the bridge blow up. So what he'd do is he'd wake us up at the end of it, you know, at whatever, 11 or 12, 30, 1 o'clock in the morning to watch the bridge blow up, and then we'd have to go back to bed. Of course, I couldn't sleep the rest of the night after seeing that. But So that was yeah, my upbringing. So, yes, Escape from Death Block 13, I wanted to, to get rid of the technology. I wanted to make a movie about mm-hmm. Code of Honor. Um, your word is your word. The movies from the 70s, mm-hmm. you know, Mr. Majestic, The Getaway, all that stuff. And I wanted to go back and do that. And like I said, when I saw Brawl and Cell Block 99 with Vince Vaughn, I went, damn, Bella's doing exactly what I want. I can do it. You know, it, people will still accept it. Well, then, yeah. of course, I had met, I had met, you know, Robert Kovacs and went, if I got put Robert Kovacs in this, I get sort of an instant recognition about from the people that know Bronze, you know, uh, Charles Bronson. Right. That will help them go back and let. Basically, it was like a little, uh, a little hidden single to everybody out there. Like, hey, this guy looks like Charles Bronson. Maybe this is a throwback type movie, which I'm, I'm interested in. Well, and that, that's what it was. It was the bird whistle to everybody. It was like, hey, look, this is a throwback. You know, this is my homage to the '70s and early '80s, because that's the movies I grew up in loving. You know, and I thought, forget about cell phones and internet and all that craziness although we do right. have a cryptocurrency in the thing for for a story point but it was really about code of honor you know and hey honor the deal you know so yes it was exactly what you said it's that throwback you know it's that love letter to the 70s uh he's he, he and and robert's fantastic it's it's so interesting mm-hmm. i have had um i think somebody for at least the last six movies he's done, I, I've had director. I've never had him. <laughs> I've had everybody else around him. So I will put it out in the universe that uh, if somebody listening, let him know. He's awesome. I'm sure he knows it. Um, but he's always been good, great movies. I love him. I love him. You know, and it's interesting because this movie is fresh, it, it, and it is a, a nod, but it's not a date. You don't look at this and go, oh, this came out in 1974 or something. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. um, it's fresh and it's current, but it is action action, man. There are guns and rocket launchers and all kinds of stuff in this. Everything you would want, you know. Yep, <laughs> in a, yep. Kitchen side, put everything in it. Oh, that's yeah, fantastic. that was that was that's completely fantastic. by design. I I have this philosophy with the movies that I'm that I I I sort of discovered a few years ago, and I, it's kind of going to be my mo from here on out. Um, you go to a movie and you all you know you sit down, and and you probably noticed this too. You know, like I'm always searching for a good movie. You know, and even though there's tons of access mm-hmm. to everything, they're not always good. And I like I'll, I'll sit down and start watching a movie on Netflix or wherever, Amazon Prime or whatever, pay-per-view, right. I'll get 10, 10, 15 minutes in, and I go, I don't like this. And, you know, I just paid 8 bucks for it or whatever. Or, you know, if I'm on Netflix, okay, I don't right. think about it. But, yeah, you know, it's one of my 20 movies this month, so it's a dollar or whatever, you know. But I turn them right. off, you know, and I'm like, I, I, I don't feel – now, if I'm in a theater, I'm invested, right, because you're there. But yeah. it's too easy now to just turn it off. And I've done that many – I just – 
I give it 10, 15 minutes, and if it ain't got me, I'm gone. So I have this conscious thing about trying to make sure, grab the audience in 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And if you can give enough, if you can uh, have enough questions out there for them, or like, where could this go? To, you know, mm-hmm. to get them to stick around another 10, 15 minutes and 20 minutes, and then you can hit them with that scene or whatever. So it's about leading the audience into your movie. And then I have this, you know, almost more important than anything is the last, you know, 30 to 40 minutes of the movie. It has to be a roller right. coaster. Why? Because the phenomenon that we want to happen is, I call it, it's like the residual effect, right? You finish watching a movie, and when it's over with you, you go, God damn it. And then you call your friends or you text about it and you tell someone to check it out. That is gold. That's worth more than millions of dollars worth of, you know, Disney advertising. Word of mouth is, you know, it's gold, you know, especially for independent movies. So that's what I try to do. Get you hooked right off the bat. Keep it going. And if you think it's going left, I turn right. But then the last 30, 40 minutes is a roller coaster because if you feel like, well, I didn't get enough action. There's too much talking. Yeah, they're giving me story and characters. Yeah, but I want more stuff. Well, then the last 40 minutes of this movie is just like you can't stop watching, and it seems like it's only five minutes, you know? So that's what I try Absolutely. to do. And uh, I Absolutely. remember Bridge on the River Kwai, man, you know? You get to the end of that movie, and they blow that, that bridge. bridge up, and you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I'll mention three movies. Bridge on the River Kwai, right? Uh, uh-huh. Bonnie and Clyde, Bonnie and Clyde, right? Oh, yeah. The ending of Bonnie and Clyde, when you first saw <laughs> yeah. it, you, you were shell-shocked, right? It, 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 it is that. And then there's many more, but I'll throw out the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And the reason is, is that uh-huh. that last shot of Gunner dancing with the chainsaw, and he comes right at the really? camera lens and it cuts the black before he chops your head off. Um, but that whole movie is great, but it's just these endings that just you go, that's an ending. Oh. No, oh, yeah. Uh, Butch and it, Sundance. Butch and Sundance, Butch man. And yeah, like when they're in there's, Argentina. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's too many. You know, and that thing, there's too many to mention, but the really good movies that resonate, oh, well, let's say, you know, like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, you know, with at and everybody knows oh, yeah. Nichols, Nicholson, you know, he's, you know, he's been lobotomized. He's out of it now. But, you know, but Chief takes that, you know, rips up that, that console that, and throws it through the window, and everybody else inside mm-hmm. hears it, and they know that, you know, McMurphy escaped. He made it out, you know. And it's such a bittersweet ending. But, again, the best movies, they resonate. Death Wish, the last shot of Death Wish, you know. Yeah. Which you know where I'm going with that. You know, Bronson looks right into the lens at those at those thugs in Chicago after he got he left New York to uh, after the cop let him leave. He's you know he's a vigilante still out there you know to to let all the criminals know. But you know Bronson's left and now he's in Chicago. What does he do? He looks at those thugs and he points the you know his finger at them and you're like, holy shit, it's going to continue. Yeah. So great movie. Here we go. And right, and you got to tell people to see it. And um, that's what I tried to do, you know, give enough to where, like, you got totally satisfied, uh, the guilty will pay, you know, our hero is going to go through some crap, right? He's going he's gonna to get beat up, mm-hmm. but he always is standing at the end, and revenge is, you know, vengeance, you know, can't be caged. 
And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.loveshackapothecary.com. As well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime, and treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show, bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Hey there, my name is Paige Beatty, and I am the founder of Hats On and Hats Off, which are two separate companies but aligned by the same philosophy of raising cancer awareness and forming smiles. Hats On is a for-profit corporation that sells cancer-specific hats to be proudly worn by you in hopes of raising awareness. A percentage of the proceeds will be donated to Hats Off, which is a nonprofit corporation raising money to buy wigs for cancer patients who can't afford them. That's where we're forming smiles. I believe cancer has touched almost everyone's lives in one way or another. A friend, a family member, a friend of a friend. So please, visit our website, www.hatsonhatsoff.com to learn how you can help raise awareness and form smiles. Rocks Gear, the online web shop of high-end luxury merchandise and products. All featuring original pop art paintings. From La Holla to Miami to London, 
www.merch.jamierocks.us. Well, you know, I've talked to a lot of people. I've talked to a lot of people about movies, and not on the show. I'm just talking at parties mm-hmm. or, or whatever, you know, uh, friends of mine. And I've never had the conversation. Nobody has ever said, well, you know, that movie was a pretty good storyline. It was a little bit of a slow burn at first. And then the, but the, the cinematography was on point. You know, nobody's ever said that. They're like, yeah. And then there was an explosion or this guy's head blew up. And it was, you know, it was the sensational stuff that people, exactly like you're saying. Right, right. That's what we talk about out here, outside of that world. And I think a, some filmmakers don't realize that. Um, you know, they don't realize, you grew up in Michigan. It's like the old thing where, you know, yeah. you get into a new car and you're like, did any of the designers ride in this thing? This sucks, you know? This, this cup holder yeah. doesn't hold a cup. This doesn't... Um, Sorry, folks, Michigan people. That's we of a certain age. Everything goes back <laughs> to the automotive industry. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't help it, Dad. Oh no. Um, there, there used to be one. <laughs> I think there's still a little yeah. bit, but not like it was. Um, but this is a great movie. I would add Escape from Death Block 13 to those endings. And I, I'm not giving anything away. Thanks. I don't want to say anything. So I want people to watch it. You'll like the end. You'll like the last. I like the whole film, but you will definitely like the last 45 minutes of this film. Um, he'll hook <laughs> you. Um, but it'll, it, it's, it's a good one. It's a good one. And you know what's cool. interesting thing? I'll tell you, when you have sites like, uh, and you see this, we've seen, I've seen this. I'm not even in the business, and I've seen it. When you have sites like Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, and you, you'll have critics like bitch about whatever film or, or whatever, you know, whatever. And then you see the audience ratings, and you're like, did they watch the same movie because the people are digging it <laughs> and they're buying yeah. it, obviously, and they're watching it. Um, well, I don't know. I think yeah, sometimes that, critics just yeah. call it wrong. You know, I don't know, but maybe well, I. Well, and again, you know, I and you know, I I've had some really bad reviews, right? And and a lot of people mm. take them seriously. I don't because it's opinions. You know, it's an opinion, and sometimes right, right. you know they. You know, uh, for whatever reason, they had a bad day. They, you know, they're going to sit down and watch this movie, and they had just watched, you know, Goodfellas or something, right? Like, or you know, they just come off from a really great movie experience where the cinematography is great, the story is great. I mean, everything is like it fired on all cylinders. And then they watch something that's an independent, lower budget film, and you start to see, you know, the the lack of the budget. Like, oh well, the lighting might be a little off there. Like gee, they should have had more light come through the window to silhouette it, you know, or the color was, you know what I mean? You you do, you subconsciously start to notice those things. So, again, it's that, I always tell people, like, okay, before you, okay, you're going to watch this movie, fine, but here's the deal. Get yourself some beer and pizza, get a bunch of friends over, have a couple of beers, whatever, get some pizza, whatever, get a cigar, whiskey, whatever. Put this movie on, and, like, look, you're not going to learn how to solve any world problem. That's not what this is. And if you right. just spend a few 15, 20 seconds doing a little research on the movie, look at the poster, look who's in it, uh, just do a little bit of research, watch a trailer, you know what you're getting, you know. And so I think, right. you know, 
they are what they are. It's not for everybody, but uh, some people kind of just get it or, like, they get the take. You know, when you said, you know, you brought it up, you know, it's the 70s, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, it's the Bridge mm-hmm. of the River Kwai, it's, you know, all these movies. It's like, yeah, that, that's where this came from. And, um, you know, and that's the thing, like, there's an audience for it. I, there's an audience for everything. There definitely is. You know, and uh, you, want to, you want to get to the widest audience as possible. But the other thing is, is I can't make, I can't make a movie that, you know, I can't make Brolin Selbach 99. I can't do what he does. You know, I can't do what Spielberg does. I kind of do my thing. It's like, okay, it's going to go down this path. And you know what? I've seen that before. I'm going to do this. And this is what's enjoyable to me. And it is a little quirky, a little bit out there, but it's got my stamp on it. So if you've seen my other stuff, you kind of know where it's going to go. And, yeah, I I try to mix it up. I mean, there are no giant monsters in this. So that's one thing you won't (laughs) see that's similar to some of my other movies. But uh, straight action, thriller, and some fun, you know. Yeah, that's true. It's, um, well, yes. You know what? It says a Gary Jones film on it, and that's a cool brand in me. When I'm telling you in the future, when I see Gary Jones film, I know I'm going to watch it. You know, because I just I enjoy you know this. What you're going to get. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to sit down and write a doctoral thesis after every movie I watch. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, I there's some highbrows. I don't know. I as I get older, I'm sure. just like. I, it's hard to get invested in, you know, uh, these period English Victorian drama. You know, I'm just like, my wife will watch that stuff, you know. But she likes Love Island, too, so she can't be too highbrow, you know. Um, <laughs> we all have our things that we like. And I like to sit down. I don't know what this film was, hour and a half, something like that. It was. Um, I didn't turn it off. I didn't get up to go to the bathroom or anything. I was watching this. It had me. Um, and I think a lot of people that, that will watch this, the same thing will happen. You know, it, it, this is a cool mm-hmm. film and by no means, I mean, I know that you, you're saying it was low budget or, or you know, a, mm-hmm. a smaller budget film and whatnot. It didn't come off independent to me. I, um, you know, it just, this didn't look like it was shot in somebody's backyard with the phone, although the phones are pretty good now. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I was pretty impressed. There was some cool aerial shots. Cool. And, you know, that's really a – I don't know why I say, you know, you shouldn't go there and say, oh, it's low budget. Because, you know, that, that immediately that's like an excuse sometimes, you know, where you can't help it. But, um, cause, but one of the things people always ask me, you know, especially the distributors or people like, oh, you know, uh, is it, do you have a budget or is it low budget? I say, well, it's an independent film. And they immediately go, right. oh, so it's low budget. Well, you know what, look, right. I mean, we don't – you know, Hollywood likes to tout that $200 million uh, Black Widow or whatever, and they spent $400 million on advertising. Well, you know, those are great numbers to bat around, you know, and it gives people a false sense that, you know, all movies cost a lot, good movies cost a lot of money, and that everybody working on them makes hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, those two things aren't true. Right. I mean, I've seen, I've seen $50,000 <laughs> movies that are great. I mean, like, mm-hmm. in performances and, like, engaging, and I've seen two hundred million dollar movies that is hard to get through so uh and i happen to know a lot of filmmakers there's not too many i know that makes millions of dollars on their move so maybe there's one i know but you know it's like so it's sort of like you know it's it it's kind of like the news is a little bit misleading out there you know people equate it's not good if it didn't cost 100 million so we shouldn't really just say low budget i it's it's an independent film and that's kind of how we got it we just got to say it's independent 
which means you never have enough money to do what you want to do, but you have to be more creative to get the good, you know. Uh, if everything, like in this movie, if I had everything, like, oh, I've got armor and gun, you know, blanks, and I've got, you know, right. helicopters, <laughs> Uh, I have catered lunches, with, you know, lobster tail. I'm like, no, kind of didn't have that, you know. Yeah, you know. And um, but, granted, we had we did stunts. We we always had you know uh, EMTs on set. We had two safety people all the time. We had stunt coordinators. You know, everything was planned. And you know, you, you we do everything the same way. It's just we figure out because we don't have the money. How do we get more creative? You know, what can we give the audience? And um, I sort of pride myself in saying I take a dollar and make it look like a hundred. You know, that's kind of been my yeah. specialty on just about everything. And that's, I think if people watch this movie and go, uh, and they start trying to guess what the budget is, well, you know, they do, they go there. But I think if they watch it and join, oh, dang, that was one hell of a ride. If they get their money's worth, you know, someone pays it comes out on demand. If they pay six bucks, eight bucks for it or whatever, and they're happy and they're, you know, that that was money well spent. Great. That's, that's what that's about, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I had read somewhere. I can't remember where, um, but it was, I was doing some prep for the show and whatnot. And they were talking about your, somewhere, somebody had mentioned your, your movie mosquito is, is you have a problem with, with people pirating it and whatnot. Um, it's like one of the most yeah. pirated movies or something like that. That's crazy. Yeah, that funny. makes me, you know, that just bothers me. Many years ago, I was living in uh, Southern California, and me and some friends were up to no good in late night in L.A. and going to clubs. And there's always a group of kids or young people outside each club, and they have flyers to other clubs to get you to go there and spend mm-hmm. your money. And somebody gave me a flyer, and it had one of my paintings on it. And I said, well, I better get a free drink if I go to this place, man. I don't remember anybody even emailing me. You know, I was pretty hot. Yeah. And that, that's, I know that's nothing like, you know, you spend a, a year making a movie and, and, you know, have all this money and time and everything invested. I can only imagine. I was hot. You know, I was ready to have what um, my wife calls Detroit conversation with somebody uh, about that. You know, <laughs> I can only imagine where you're. Well, you know what? It, go, it, go, you know? it goes back to um, your painting. Look, you, you put in you put in time to develop talent, right, to do what you know how to do. Right. You take the time to create that painting. Nobody else can do exactly what you just did, right, because it's an original thing. So think about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's exactly the same as my movie. Um, if you go to school to become, a, uh, you know, uh, a brain surgeon or whatever, you, you, you develop a skill. And then people just take your skill and don't pay you for it. What's the point? So with the with the movie thing, I mean, I I can understand being hot. Like what? The years of my painting. Hey, how about a buck? You know? How about a special thing? Right. Like, hey, this guy's a great artist. How about you know whatever? Ask. I probably would have said okay. You know, if you sure. would have just it's respect. You know, and right. you know, I'm I'm like anybody. So, I got a wife that wants fancy shoes. You know, I mean, we're hard for this. You know, I. It, you know, and uh, with Mosquito, you know, I'll give you the real short version. I mean, we made the movie in, in um, 93, 94. We sold it. It came out in 95. The studio we mm-hmm. sold it to was a studio called Hemdale. They had done The Last okay. Emperor, Platoon, and The Terminator. So I oh, wow. Okay. It's a big company. deal. Yeah. 
Big deal, yeah. And we, I mean, I, I, this is this is out there. We signed a million dollar deal for the movie. They owed us a million dollars. They took our movie. Wow. They went to the Cannes Film Festival. They made sales. They did almost a million dollars in sales at the first market. Um, within six mm. months, they weren't paying us. Their, their scheduled payments uh. were not coming in, and they went bankrupt. Right. And my movie, my movie got swallowed up in the legal system in L.A., which is a quagmire. And I couldn't get the movie back for ten years, so we never got the million bucks. So oh, that was yeah. the first. That was the first gut punch. After that, YouTube gets created, right? We get the rights back to the movie. Oh yeah. And then every week I go on YouTube, and there's mosquito uploaded. Some bonehead has uploaded it, and I, you know, oh, I have man. to, I have to take it down. You know, you have to fill it out and take it down, and you got to give them your shoes right, size right, yeah. and everything. But they don't ask you anything to upload it, right? I started taking it down, and then all of a sudden it's on another site. And I didn't look for like a few what, months. I looked. It's on a site. It's got 100,000 views, and the site has commercials. So oh, not only so get paid. I get nothing, YouTube is paying the guy who's got this up on his site ad money for my movie. And I'm like, oh, but YouTube won't, won't, me won't a talk to me. They'll take it down. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> – I, every time I take it down, it pops up 10 other places. So I've been taking it down for years, and um, I'll bet it's up right now on site. So, yeah, it's sort of oh, a frustrating yeah. thing in that I guess the only answer is I need to go into business with YouTube and let them make yeah. 90% of the money and give me 10%, and then maybe they'd probably, they figure, out to, <laughs> they'd probably yeah. figure out some way to binge over it. You know, I, all these and, just you know, makes me so- I'm but, telling you, you know, I just watched I've, the documentary. I've learned, uh, I, I've learned actually to not lose sleep over it. I learned yeah, to like, well, you right. know what? If people keep stealing it, maybe they like it. It means something. <laughs> right. No, oh, they do. Yeah. They do. I, you know, speaking of that, back in the mid-'90s, I was in college in Boston, and I had um, – I don't know if, like, Buffy and that was out. I can't really remember. I remember that being out a little later. Um, but I had a group of friends, some weirdo art students, and man, they would have Xeno watch parties and stuff. They were into it, baby. Mm-hmm. You you brought a lot of joy to some miserable people. <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, it was a great they, show. It was a really good show. Yeah, they loved it. Uh, so, you know, there's that. Uh, yeah, they, I just watched a documentary about um, Hollywood accounting, and uh, I was, you know, it, it's just, you can't even believe it. You know, some of these big movies, and they're like, well, no, that didn't make any money. I'm like, you're telling me Lord of the Rings didn't make any money? I've watched that. I think yeah. I should have stock in it. You know, I've watched that so many times. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. But this drops tomorrow. Now, this is going to be on demand tomorrow, and then you're going to have physical copies, yeah. right, DVDs and the like, later in the month. Yeah. Uh, around Thanksgiving. Yeah, around the 20th. On the 23rd, we're going to come out on in Walmart and travel on nice. Amazon, you know, DVDs. So yeah, yeah, excited, you know, man. Physical, physical product is always good. You know, I have a a friend of mine in um, Northern Ohio that actually puts out. He does like special edition, you know, small run uh, VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, we should put out VHS, and I'm like, hey, that'd be cool. Do the old clamshell and everything. Nice. So yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm excited. You know. The, November 2nd, it's, you know, on demand everywhere, iTunes and Google Pay and Vudu and uh, Amazon Prime, you know, pay-per-view stuff. So it's cool. Nice. 
Nice. Well, we have a link, ladies and gentlemen, um, to the, the www.deathblock13, the number 13, deathblock spelled out, the number 13.com. That's the official deathblock13 uh, website. We also have links up to the Facebook page, the Instagram page, IMDb. Hey, while I'm on this subject, we were talking a little bit about how, you know, you watch something cool and you tell your friends and whatnot. Like, if you dig any independent film or a band or, you know, the guy who makes the best Keelan pies in town or something, like and share their social media. That helps a lot. And with film, if you watch it, every platform has a thing. You don't have to write a big thesis. You're, you're not getting into grad school with this. But write a review, you know. Say, hey, man, I dug this or I dug, you know, put your thoughts down. What that does is it, it kicks the pinball machine a little bit, and it, I don't yeah. know how it works with the algorithm, but it, it gets out there more. It helps. So definitely yep. do that yeah. um, and check this out. And I imagine, um, no, I don't know, me and Gary haven't talked about it, but uh, I imagine these VHS tapes and, and the like, will, there'll probably be a link up on that website, that Death Block 13, where you can get it. Oh, yeah. How cool is that? How cool is yeah, that? Yeah, kind of it. It's kind of in the – the VHS is sort of in the works. It's not quite there yet, but the DVD is for sure uh, on the 23rd. Nice. And, um, but, yeah, and I'll have them on the website, and I've got, uh, you know, signed copy DVDs and stuff. We actually have posters we've gotten and some T-shirts coming in. So, you know, the, oh, we're going to cool kind of merch, go crazy with the merch, you know. You have to do yeah, it and get it out absolutely. there. But, but, yeah, I mean, just people liking something and even saying, hey, cool, cool movie or whatever. Um, and tell a friend, you know. Tell one or two friends, mm-hmm. and that's really it. You know, if people do that, it's um, it's astounding what how things can change. And like, you know, in independent movies, you know, we're we're always struggling to get the money back to make a profit because you know, it's not like uh, we don't have the studio financing. And you know, my wife's like, right. "Gee, are we are you going to shoot tomorrow? Or are we going to pay the rent?" You know, it's like one or the other, <laughs> right? So you're always uh, you're always juggling it, you know. So. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's exactly, are we going out to eat? Do we get to go out this month? No, it's the ramen noodles, and uh, it's the hamburger helper. But, you know, hamburger helper works great just on its own. So it is what it is. You know? <laughs> no Skyline um, Chili this month, no. Yeah. Um, we I tell you, uh, friend, here. My wife discovered it. That's her latest thing. She's like, spaghetti with chili? Genius. There you go. I'm like, oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> you know, That's cool. I tell you, it's great. So let me introduce you to a Coney dog sometime. Oh, my God. There you um, go. Yeah, good stuff. So this is cool. So let me ask you this, Gary, and I know I know you Hollywood types and whatnot, um, you know, uh, <laughs> busy having lunches on the on the coast and everything. Um, but, no, I, I, I do I, – I joke a little bit, but um, I know it's hard to talk about – you know, we are promoing, and we want everybody to watch, definitely – Escape from Death Block 13, you will dig it. Um, but I have to ask because I'm selfish and I want to see more. <laughs> Do you have things in the pipeline yet, or was it just focusing on the promo from Escape from uh, Death Block 13? Well, actually, we have, you know, we did a, we've been doing a limited theatrical release through October. And uh, we played, oh, okay. uh, we played the, uh, I don't know, but we played the Ford Wyoming drive in in Michigan, one of the biggest drive ins in the country for a week. And that was a that was a lot of fun. Ooh, we drove man. up and saw it. Got out the lounge chairs and the coolers and the big boom boxes and watched it on like you know the nine thousand foot screen. You know, it was great. Um, right. But we did that <laughs> did that in October, and then this is all the promotion for this is going on. But 
at the same time, of course, as soon as I finished the movie several months ago, you know, and started going out seeking distribution, I started working on a script. So I have, I basically have two scripts I've been working on. Uh, one's a sequel to this movie, which I kind of already had in the works three years ago. But uh, awesome. so I've got, awesome. a sequel, got a sequel to this one and uh, a brand new movie with a whole new uh, twist. And again, they're both right back in that, you know, right back in that era we love, you know, contemporary nice. today, <laughs> but done like that, you know, practical effects, right. makeup effects, you know, there will, you know, there'll be action. There's going to be car chases. I mean, we're going to, I'm going to take it to a little bit different level. Um, yeah. And, but given all that fun, you know, and uh, there'll be some new faces along the, along the road with these guys, you know, some new actors coming in. So it's, you know, some of the old, some of the new and kind of a good mix, but, but yeah, no, it's um, I'm getting very close, getting very close to launching. Oh, that's one. fantastic! That's fantastic. I will say this because a lot of people um, that listen to my show and whatnot, they they're into my art. I paint a lot of um, I do a thing called pop noir, where it's a lot of I paint a lot of villainesses, a lot of evil, good-looking evil gals up to no good. You know, hey, what can I tell you? Spells. We saw a lot of posters of that. Um, it's a thing that works. Cool. But uh, for me, you know, there is a great villain in the. I mentioned her earlier. Oh, you yes. love to hate her. You love to hate her. She does a oh, great yeah. job. Uh, everybody on this. All the actors. Hey, um, yes. uh, Bunyan, uh, he was fantastic, too. Is he like a like a fighter or something, boxer or something like that? I mean, forgive my ignorance, so, but he came, kind of came yeah. off that way to me. He was well, fantastic. Chris Hahn, the, the, the actor that plays Bunyan is an, an actor named Chris Hahn, and he used to wrestle for the WWE years ago. And he also no, wrestled okay. under the name John. Yeah, John, Johnny Paradise is what he wrestled under years ago. And um, I met <laughs> him. I met him several years back when I was doing Axe Giant, the Wrath of Paul Bunyan. I needed a guy, uh, a performer that could wear could wear a big rubber suit in the heat, you know. And I'm like, well, I got right. I get a wrestler. I get some, you know. And, and so a buddy of mine, Bud, said, I know this kid. So he's, you know, uh, he introduced me to Chris Hahn. Chris Hahn came over. We did some test makeups, had him do some performance. I go, oh, he'll do it. He could do it. And uh, we sort of hit it off. Well, and then, yeah, and then so well, that's why he's named Bunyan. That's it's sort of like homage. But the cool thing was when I was working on this, I'm like, so, you know, I'm like, okay, I got this part for Chris. I know he, I'm, it's going to be Johnny Paradise. That's who he's playing at this, you know. It's, it's him. That's his, right. that's his whole wrestling persona. Um, but the cool thing was is I said, well, Chris, we got all these inmates. And he goes, well, hey, I know these wrestling guys. This is Jimmy Lee. He's got this ASWA, you know, wrestling federation. So I would go to these wrestling matches, and I met Jimmy Lee and, and Mike Moffat and all these guys, and they all are characters. They all have their own, you know, these wrestlers oh, have yeah, their own yeah. style and character. So they were all like, yeah, we'll do the movie. So the, the cool thing was I got performances and stunt players all in one. And <laughs> Because they already do it. They're they listed. Do it. Yeah. yeah, their characters, their characters in the movie are their wrestling names. That's the names I wrote <laughs> in the script form. So, you know, Jimmy Lee is nightmare. He's the ultimate nightmare. You know, and, and so you know, it was great. They came out, no folding chairs. I said, guys, there's no folding chairs, but you're going to have taser batons and two by fours and chains and guns and lots of fun. So, it was a real, as the prison was useful. These guys made it, you know, I couldn't have made the movie without the wrestlers and that prison, you know, so it really was a great match. Oh, yeah. So I got 
got the best. And then Debbie Scaletta plays uh, Warden Jack, our um, our female warden, who everybody's going to love. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, But we got a lot of characters and a lot of really good actors. Nick DeTuro's in it. Uh, Lawrence Hilton Jacobs, who's uh, – I got to say about Lawrence, the great thing was is one of his first movies was Death Wish. And Charles Bronson killed uh. him in that movie. So when he met uh, Robert <laughs> Kovac, Robert Bronzy, he was like, holy cow. He was freaking flipped out. So there's a nice little uh, – there's a little homage. You probably you'll know what I'm talking about at the end of the movie with these guys. Oh, it's pretty cool. But, but yeah, so it's about it's about getting that you know getting that flavor from the past and you know even having Lawrence in the movie gave us that mm. you know it's Welcome Back Cotter or Cooley High. I mean this guy's been in a ton of stuff that right. you remember. And uh, so having these guys in it resonated back. But uh, but yeah, the wrestlers. You know, I mean it it really worked. I had ready made characters. Oh, that was cool. Well, the prison works. I I don't know, you know. I I don't. I'm not trying to get in your business or anything, but man, that couldn't have been a cheap check to uh to to write for that because that, that that's a real prison, folks. I mean, this was not airbrushed in or CGI'd in. This is the real deal, and um, man, I mean, I can't even imagine. How do you? Who do you talk to? I, well, I guess they film stuff there, so they're kind of used to it. Yeah. But, I well, would, I have, my uh, head goes off. So, you know, seriously. Yeah, my my friend. I, mean, I have some <laughs> friends that actually, my friends run the haunt there. They have a haunt every year, which is a great haunt. Oh, okay. And um, through that, I met the guys that run the prison. It's you know they basically it's a nonprofit. And so I met with them, and they're like, um, I said, hey, look, I want to do a movie here. And I said, is there anything I can do to help out? I don't have a lot of money. And they're like, hey, you do movies, you do stuff. Can you do some promotional stuff? So I shot promotional videos for them. I did graphics oh, nice. billboards for the haunt. So I did about two years run it. up to my shoot. I did stuff for them so I could get the fa- friends and family rate to shoot there. Right. So that, you know, I, I didn't I didn't come in with the bushel baskets of money. Like Stallone came in and shot an escape plan movie there. And, of course, you know, they shut right. down the prison and just wheel in the truckload of money. Well, right. uh, my money was in a little tiny sandwich bag. So, yes, I had to, you know. You and me, But they Gary. gave me the friends and family rate. <laughs> you but and no, me, it was good. man. We're, uh, it, 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 did, it, yeah. it didn't cost money. It wasn't free. And um, so we were limited in the amount of time and stuff we could shoot. But we had a great window of opportunity to get the prison, and it just worked. You know, we made it work. And that's what you do. It's independent. Yeah, so you're like, oh, these are the dates I get. This is the time. I'll make it work, you know? Absolutely. I uh, I did a, a live painting gig years ago for uh, – Pretty well-known uh, actor, and he also owns a box uh, company um, with a very unique-shaped uh, bottle. And um, so I, I did this thing, he party thing he does every Halloween in Vegas, and I got paid with a pallet of vodka. <laughs> I'll never there you go. It. My girlfriend at the time was like, can we sell this legally? <laughs> no, but we can drink it. Crack one of them open. <laughs> Well, that's what you do, right? You barter. I mean, yeah. everybody gets what you have everybody to. gets what they need, right? Everybody gets what they need or what mm-hmm. what they can use, you know, and that's cool. Absolutely, yeah. That's what I told her. I said, you know, and look at it this way: we had a really good time that weekend in Vegas. You know, I mean, and then he, yeah. he did get a room and all that kind of stuff, so it, it all worked out. Um, but yeah, you got to do that. And to anybody out there who's thinking of starting any type of business. Learn that they won't teach you that in business school, or they definitely don't in art school, but um, they probably don't in film school. Make friends, 
be nice to people and yep. learn how to horse trade because <laughs> you're going yep. to have to. That's what it is. Uh, yeah, you yeah. know, it, it, it goes back to the, you know, it's a very simple process, really. People are tired of all the legal documents and the contracts and all this stuff. So you you make friends like I, you know, I, I went and met the guys, mm-hmm. told them what I'm doing, what I needed. You're like, well, here's how you can work around it. And you would be amazed. People want to just interact on a one-on-one level, and they don't want to have to jump through the hoops. So you definitely want to do that. You want to make friends. Um, you got something they need, or so, you know how to do something that they could use, and they have something mm. you need, and that's universal, and you just need to find it. Or the flip side is just get a bunch of money and throw money at things, you know, and then you're, then you're <laughs> making a Marvel movie. It's okay then, right? You're all set. <laughs> and if you're by yourself, You'll be broke in a year. <laughs> yes, it's a <laughs> yeah, it's a challenge. Oh. It's a real, real challenge. Oh, man. It doesn't always work out. And there's usually somebody no. trying to take your money, too. That's the, the problem. Um, yeah. That's up to no good. A little bit of that going on. Oh, there, man. You know? It happens. It happens. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, you, we all have to learn those lessons. But, yeah, this is a great film, yeah. everybody. Gary Jones, the Gary Jones film, Escape from Death Block 13. I'm telling you, tomorrow it uh, you can watch it on demand, and uh, you know you can get the get the DVD if you've got a father or anybody really. Yeah, you might have a mother uh, who's into action action from back in the day. Buy them this DVD for Christmas. <laughs> you will win. Um, they will like it. Um, cool. This is fantastic. Well, very cool, Gary. Hey, I know that, you know, it's so funny when we start these shows. I'm like, you're good for a half an hour? Yeah. Well, well here we are, an hour into it. Um, you're fascinating. I got a cigar. I got a cigar and a bottle of whiskey, or I can go all night. I'm all good. There you go. And he's lighting it with $100 bills. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah. Wouldn't do that. Yeah, the fake $100, um, the fake $100 bills were used on the movie. <laughs> I was telling my wife about that the other day. We saw some movie and it was a big pile of money. And I said, you know, that's all movie money, as I understand it. And she's like, what are you talking about? That's just a bunch of money. And I said, no, no, they, I don't think they can legally use real money in a movie. I th- maybe I just something that somebody told me. I don't know. Sure enough. But, um, you know, you know, who knows? I've done that. I've actually used real money, but like, only for like extreme close-ups mainly, you know, cause it's, you know, and, uh, but it's mostly oh, fake. Yeah. It's pretty good looking fake money. Money's hard, man. Money's hard to paint. I've had people, Hey, can you, you know, paint a big pile of money in this bank bag or something? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but the price just went up for the painting because, and they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, cause it's, yeah, look at a dollar, man. There's a lot in there. It's hard to paint. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's a lot. That's a lot to do. <laughs> yeah. You need a little well, and you don't, if, if you get really good at it, you may have an alternate career. There you go. And you'll wind <laughs> up in Deathlock 13. Like 13. Well, exactly. Not. You got it. You knew where I was going with that one. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Gary, thank you so much, man, for taking time to be on the show. I really appreciate it. You, you're cool. Turned up to 10. Um, I can't wait to see more. Oh, and I can't wait to see the sequel. Thank you. So, any potential yes. producers out there, get Gary a check. Stamp, because I want to see the sequel to this. I want to see where it goes. Um, and you will. <laughs> Great. 
<laughs> Very well, cool. cool. Yeah, it's been great. Gary, thank you so much. Time. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. These, these are, it's, it's, I have a new friend in Ohio now. How cool is that? You How got cool it. Cool is that? <laughs> and you got one in South Florida. So there you go. Uh, folks, right. this episode, of course, will be converted to a podcast. We push it out on all the social media platforms. And wherever you listen or download or stream podcasts at, um, we're on it. We're on like 450 of those sites from Spotify to Pandora, iHeartRate, all of them. Um, you can listen to the show. And these links that we mentioned all follow the podcast. Those are live, and you just click on them. They're right there, and it'll get you to where you want to go. Like and share. Um, you know, add uh, the Facebook page, Instagram, and whatnot. And um, cool. I'm hoping, uh, you know, if I get a bunch of tweets or something later where the pot, because we didn't do a lot in the chat room. Tonight was the first night of that, so I, I, I know people aren't used to it yet. Um, hopefully it was working. Uh, let me know if it was. I, I hope we had everything hooked up right. I'm, I'm an old man, folks. It's hard. <laughs> the technology. Anyway. We will be back. Um, we're back tomorrow. No, we're back Wednesday. We've got uh, oh, we've got uh, Veronica Rolando on uh, that very cool period uh, Southern. I don't know if you can even technically politically correct to say this. Antebellum. I don't send me. Don't don't cancel me, everybody. I don't know. I'm just place ignorance. But the movie set in the old South. Um, uh, the the second group of actors from that film's going to be on on Wednesday. So tune in for that. We will see you then. Oh, and then uh, on uh, Thursday, we've got Spencer King. He has a new movie out called Time Out, or Time Now, I'm sorry. And it's a neo-noir film, and it's set in Detroit, my hometown. Yeah, so that's going to be cool. I'm excited. Uh, we That's cool. our week. That's our week. Got a lot going on. So we will see you next time, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Check out our sponsors. They're awesome. And use their code. Every one of our sponsors has a code. You can save a couple bucks and then take the savings and go buy Escape from Death Block 13. I'm telling you. That's a great cool. movie. Thank you, Gary. Cool, cool. Thank you very much. And, and everybody. Uh, thanks to everyone. And, yeah, it, uh, I'll be in touch when uh, we get the next one going. Nice. Nice. Well, yeah, definitely. Cool. I can't wait. Cool. Awesome. Have a good one, everybody. We'll see you next time. This has been Thank you. pop art painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli, Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, det här är Hicks från Sverige och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio.